Hi, I'm Kalyan Karmakar and welcome to Foodie Chat by Kalyan. It's this this is like a very, very special episode. It's it's not that always I have uh, a chat with a Nobel Prize uh, winner in my uh, timesheet, but uh, today I have, and also a very, very fabulous uh, creative um, illustrator and, uh, and, and from across the sea. So a very, very um, different style from what we are used to. And, uh, and, and it's interesting because we are actually going to talk about uh, food, but let's see uh, whom we're going to speak to. So we're going to speak to uh, Mr. Obhijit Banerjee and I was going to talk, I was asking him, should I call you Mr. Banerjee? Should I call you Obhijit Da? Should I call you Obhijit? And he said, well, I've been living in the US for a while, Obhijit is fine. But since we both uh, come from Calcutta and, and the same college, presidency, uh, I will call him Obhijit Da. And, and I should have introduced the lady first, of course. So, so she is Shane uh, Olivia, and if I've got the pronunciation right, and uh, and they have just written uh, and done this fabulous book together. Um, yeah, so we're going to find out a bit like that. So, so you know, you must be wondering that what's a food writer uh, doing? Um, you know, talking to an economist about uh, his book. Well, uh, it's it's actually called the Cooking to Save Your Life. And, and it's on food. So, uh, Opisita, how did that happen? Because when you won your uh, Nobel, Nobel in 2019 and, and everything, it's always been about economics. So how did the food? You know, I, you, 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 I mean, I assume no one actually does anything full time. So me, for me, relaxation is cooking. So I cook every day. I mean, and I do, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I, I literally cook every day, uh, three dishes. Uh, so it's not, and it's just what I do when I come home from work. So it, it's, it's it's something that it's my my way of decompressing from a day at work. But what I found interesting is that you wrote uh, in the book that you've been cooking from the age of uh, 15. Because sometimes uh, people have this conception that okay, um, where when you go abroad. And when you're in the first world, then you don't have the radhunis or the, you know, cooking buys and all of that, the ladies who uh, sort of uh, might be there to work for you, or even guys. Uh, like my dad, for example, he was an orthopedic surgeon. And uh, he had told me, I mean, I lost him when I was nine and a half, but I still have a lot of endearing memories of him. And he said that when he went to the UK to study medicine, then he said that they had to cook because uh, otherwise they couldn't uh, survive, they couldn't afford uh, this thing. But But for you, if you given that you started cooking at 15 and in Kolkata, uh, tell, tell us a bit about that. Well, you know, my mother, uh, unusually for that time, my mother was very much involved in both uh, as an academic, but also as a feminist activist. And so she would travel. And this was a period where kind of the world feminist movement was ramping up. So she would travel a lot, go away for a month or two here and there. And so we were a bit left to our devices or specifically to our cook and who was a very good cook, but he made a very small number of dishes. And so if I wanted to reproduce the kinds of thing my mother cooked, which were often roasts and things like that, uh, it was either me or nothing. And so I figured I, it better be me. <laughs> That's very interesting. And for people who are all looking at uh, sort of uh, basking in shared glory, well, uh, his, his mother is uh, a Maharashtrian and from Mumbai. So I'm going to claim a bit of that shared glory as well because Mumbai has been my home for 
uh, 20 years. And, and it's very interesting that you brought up this problem because just before we started the meeting, I was waving to this, uh, I mean, someone you couldn't see. So it's, it's our cook, Kalpana Thai, whom I call Katie Cook, and Katie Cooks. And, and uh, she's very keen to show how she can make uh, pesto and hummus and Thai green curry. Well, well, that's bad enough for you. But yesterday when I was speaking to my mom, who's right now in Delhi with my grandpa, she was complaining about how the, the cook made a, like a sludge of the Pachmeshali Torkari. And the previous day, my Didu, who's 92 and just given up cooking duties, said that how uh, the cook put methi and pepe, which he shouldn't. And But anyway, this is about your book. And, and what I found very interesting, and I'm going to go straight since Shayan is here, is that, um, um, I mean, this is what happens when uh, perhaps a, a different perspective comes in. Maybe when a food writer writes about economics, it'll be different as well. Uh, is that um, um, like the, the illustrations, like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's all, um, you know, it's, it's illustrations. I mean, so to be specific, I mean, and it's really, uh, it, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's very European. It, it, it reminds me of, uh, you know, the, the French books or even a bit of, uh, if you remember the, the Russian books, which uh, used to be stole, uh, sold outside the Puja Pandals, while food so much is about, uh, you know, photography and this, that, and, you know, the plating and styling and they're, they're experts at that. Uh, people in India who are doing fabulous work. So how come Shane and you uh, decided to uh, uh, do a food book without any food photographs uh, or, or any photographs? I think even your own uh, author photograph is not there as well. So, you know, but, but it's uh, a very different, uh, you know, dynamic that you brought in. So we'd love to hear about that. Yeah, I think it, it's a reaction to the, to the photographs, to the overwhelming presence of, uh, of shiny uh, and uh, very sexy photographs that you find in cookbook, but are very intimidating, even for, even for me. Uh, I, I rarely read cookbooks. I also, this is also a way to make cookbooks approachable and approachable for me. And it's also that often a photograph will tell you what you, what you should do, what you should land on. And, uh, and therefore you, you stress about, is it, is it looking the same way? Is it the right color? Is it the right ingredient? And then you, you start from the wrong point. Well, well, having an illustration really brings somehow an ideal vision that you, in any case, you can't reach. So you might as well do with what you have in front of you and also uh, you, you are showing the, the illustrations that, uh, that show the hands working, the, the eyes looking at the color, uh, the nose smelling. You, you should also trust uh, whatever, with your own senses, whatever you have in front of you. So that's very much about uh, making cooking something that's not, uh, that's not uh, intimidating. That's a beautiful thought, and and the, what you said right at the end that cooking shouldn't be intimidating because um, sometimes recipes become that, especially for people who look at baking, where there's this entire thing about it. It has to be very measured, because when I was going through um, the recipes, um, both text as well as the copy as well as the art, um, it it was in a way like you you've given a lot of freedom uh, to the reader. Though though uh, with the, in the in the introduction you said that. You know, trust uh, the instructions, and you'll be well. Uh, you'll be, you'll do, you'll do well. But actually, you've left a lot of, um, which is a bit different from the sort of education which we'd grown up in, which was, you know, learning by rote or, or you know, or, or dates. 
history is all about dates. Um, is this a bit of an influence of your going out of the pond? It, it's to make uh, it's to make cooking something that is playful. You you have a you have a set of rules and you you have to find your own way to uh, to to get through that without without going on the extremely creative without borders uh, style, which can be very intimidating and therefore you 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 would not engage with it or just very passively follow a set of quite dry instructions there you have you have the recipe that is quite simple and good uh, reliable ground that you can then tweak and adjust to your guests to uh, your your environment your own tools your ingredients your mood uh, that particular day your, your taste for salt uh, so to, so to make cooking something that's uh, that you can actually uh, integrate into your life rather than uh, that, uh, rather than putting your life aside for cooking something that you in any case would not take pleasure to to do yeah it's 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 almost like you you're talking about eastern philosophy because if you look at the the broad you know the cooking sort of schools it's it's considered that european cooking especially which is centered around uh, french cuisine is is so much about the four basic sauces and and you know sticking to this thing while in indian cooking is what about you know it's it's in our fingers and you know what the it's in our blood and what the grandmoms do and stuff like that it's all about creativity and 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 not consistency um, and and i found that obita even in the way you described the recipes i mean instead of going into um, ounce metrics and so on uh, you've used uh, i think pinky seems to be one of your favorite term uh, i think maybe a lot of enlightened or, or something or or, or the, the ginger should be as much as that of a thumb unless it's, it's gigantic was was this purpose purposefully because you you've also referred to cookbooks which you've used yourself uh, especially the italian one uh, in your cooking so is this a response to the cookbooks you've gone through is is this like a statement you're Not making so much not so much as much as a response well it's a response to uh, yeah i guess it is a response to being not so much to the cookbook as much as the interaction of the cookbook and the kitchen so when you are cooking and i mean the general sense of this book is this is cooking for you know for, uh, for people who live real lives you know where you know they have children running around and uh, you know complaining and you know, you you so the amount of mental focus that you are allowed is limited mm -hmm. and uh, i think for me it's always limited i'm always paying attention to uh, how the children are doing what's happening are we you know there are five other com conversations going on sometimes and so it's it, and i think with that the measurement gets to be really you know where did, what do i did with, do with my exact a tablespoon you know uh, can i use any spoon so it, there is a sense in which i wanted to take us out of that context of you know perfectly equipped kitchen where i'm going to start with everything laid out and then you do step by step by step that's not how it actually works you'll have to do something oh i was going to press the garlic but i haven't done it yet so you know this is all of that so in a sense and at that point do i have a millimeter scale to measure the garlic so i i wanted to avoid that sense of panic uh, which which, uh, which is uh, normal if you are you know if you have a normal life 
if you have a you know fully equipped kitchen and you know no encumbrances all the everybody else has been sent away then and then you can organize everything that's sort of the tv cooking which seems to me to be that what's unrealistic about is precisely exactly. that it's it's not that's not how life happens at least not my life maybe somebody's <laughs> life no but that's so true i in, in fact i think that that's one of the things which has led to the growth of social media in its early forms like blogging and all of that when it was very much an amateur sport like the olympics you know at once upon a time which was all about real people cooking before now even social media has become so um, uh, uh, manicured in fact which which uh, brought me to the question I was about to ask because you told you said or spoke a bit about people leading uh, real lives so who is the target audience of of uh, this this book is it um, i mean i'll leave it to you like who who's the target audience of so it's it's uh, i mean it it's the book is not cheap and you know hmm. and uh, it, it has a international flavor so it, it's it's uh, you know in india it's upper middle class people and maybe if we ever get an us uh, edition it will be for more for younger people or younger urban people not necessarily upper middle class but younger urban people so it's 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 a particular uh, you know a quite specific group in that sense and uh, you know i and i i don't love that necessarily but it's it's also the case that i don't imagine for a lot of people buying a 600 rupee cookbook and and then cooking from it is is going to be their priority and i don't i don't uh, i don't uh, i understand why in fact you've been quite candid about it because in the introduction you you spoken about how economics and, and i didn't know that that it was about making the best of what surround you and and that's so much about our cooking especially during the lockdown or you know when was one had started off but i think you you're quite candid where you said that in in real life you can afford to be uh, fairly extravagant so is, and and which is true like like i mean i mean if if one is a 20 year old uh, just out of college 18 year old on instagram what they'll do is is different uh, from yours but uh, shan uh, i wanted to ask you about this experience of uh, you know designing uh, largely for a in, in right now in the beginning a very subcontinental um, audience and yeah, you know it's uh, an an english speaking audience but but pretty far off so did you did you have to change the way you would normally approach it if you're doing it say for the french or european market when you work for this or or could you be yourself uh i i could definitely be myself because i use precisely this very uh, this very very geometrical aesthetic precisely because i feel it's quite international it's it's quite abstract and therefore you can also you can also project a lot of uh, imagination into it it's not tied to i'll be back in a minute sure 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 it, it's not tied to a particular uh, aesthetic or particular country and then the the advantage the huge advantage i had uh in that is that i actually lived with uh, abijit and esther for three years so i got to first uh, eat and then uh, cook most of the dishes so so i had a i had a, a quite uh, accurate visual on most of them the, the most challenging uh, chapter was the meat chapter because <laughs> i'm a vegetarian Okay. So I actually had to to uh, to google many of the so it was less it was less um 
it was less difficult to think of an international uh, audience. What was more challenging was the, the, the kind of food given my preferences, but I received many, I've been to India many times. I've eaten and loved eating in India many times. So, uh, so that, was, that was not so much of a challenge. Yeah, and that's really the, uh, I'm not sure the cooking lady at the, at the back. It's not lady, that's me. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I, that's sexist of you to think of pink. I do wear a lot of I do wear a lot of colors like that. <laughs> I like the jammies. I like the jammies. But uh, it was a bit uh, sexist of me. And considering that I do a podcast uh, where I speak to women in the food industry every week, I'm going to be, in, in fact, I'm recording some of this afternoon. But but uh, I must really um, sort of compliment you on the on the design because like you said, it's 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 uh, it it really sort of opens um, a, a map in your mind where it's up to you to decide which which path uh, to take. Because you know, often when you're looking at pictures, then you you are measuring it with that. And and the sad truth is that um, in India, uh, very few cookbooks really have good quality uh, photographs uh, compared to what one gets abroad. Like even when one looks at Indian cookbooks written abroad. It's it's and and then in India it's it's, it's really poor, so uh, I think that this is really wonderful. But uh, I, I, there was an interesting point which you brought on on vegetarian and non-vegetarian. So there was a question which I had in mind, and and before that I must tell people that um, this book is not just uh, about Indian recipes. In fact, I would say that perhaps thirty uh, percent. I'm I'm just doing a, a back of the envelope calculation would be Indian Indian uh, per se. I, I think um, it's it's sort of reflective of your life, right? In a way, but like even if you'd stayed back in India, perhaps your cooking might have been a bit like this, because it's not that we are always having our own uh, uh, cuisines. Would you uh, sort of uh, feel that that this in a way sums up your life's journey? Yeah, it's, it reflects very much uh, how I actually cook, and it has often. I mean, I I very 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 greedy, so. I imagine uh, when I read a recipe, I imagine what it would taste like. And then I'll often I'll uh, send it to Cheyenne and say, you know, is this worth trying? And yeah. and, and I, I sort of like her judgment. Uh, the the right potential weaknesses <laughs> in it or something. Yeah. You know. And then and then I imagine it quite vividly and then then it's a matter of so and so it's more like you know something stick and i it's not a, it doesn't come out of a you know i like this country's style it's more out of uh, that combination of ingredients I, I can imagine what it would be it's going to be great that, that's sort of my usual reaction is a is a set of ingredients and that's going to go very well together. And I hadn't imagined them together, but it's going to be superb. So it's it's that sort of gets me excited uh, usually. And so that's that means that you know it could be Persian, it could be uh, Turkish, it could be Mexican, it could be uh, Chinese. And I cook all of those basically. The book is actually relatively narrow in in terms of. I mean, within the range of things I cook, this this actually I left out a lot of lot of the things I cook. Uh, so that, that's, it simplifies a, a lot the the buying choices. You can you can buy a very good red pepper that you can 
stir fry in a Thai way, and then you can also then put it in a, in an Indian dish, but also uh, then using it in a I don't know in a, a French salad. dish in a salad. Or it's also uh, that's that's how we thought about uh, when we, when we go to the market, we we think about one or two ingredients, and then how we can use them in different ways during the week to to also yeah. have different uh, influences. Yeah, I think I, th I think that's a brilliant uh, idea because I'm thinking of it from the other side, that uh, even in India, like families are becoming increasingly uh, nuclear. So uh, unlike in the olden days, like if if you buy like a minimum portion of something, um, it, you won't cook an entire dish with it because it'll become too much. So then, what do you do with the rest of the say say red bell pepper or or, or you know the rest of the elish or the rui? And, and stuff like that. So okay, you can do Chinese one day, you can do uh, Marathi one day. Uh, so that's that's interesting. And um, I, I, you know, I, I caught on to this because I was wondering about this particular um, issue. And I think I might have found an answer in what you just said, Obibla, because you said that when you look at a recipe, you 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 start imagining how it's going to translate into a dish, and and that makes you uh, uh, drool in a, in a sense. Because I'm, what I was also in, wondering, in a very specific sense, I <laughs> in a very specific sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe that uh, because I was just wondering that um, I mean, when you did write a book on food, then um, why was it not so much say on the sociology, economy, travel, culture of food? I mean, why is it specifically a cookbook? And and this is an out and out cookbook, folks. I mean, this is full value for money if you're looking for recipes because. There might be a total of 10 pages of copy, which is introduction to each of the sections, like audivore, soup, pasta, mains, desert, or whatever. And rest of it is a recipe. Each of them starts with a very interesting scenario of 10, 12 lines of, you know, uh, just a little bit of short story over there and, and then the recipe. So my question to you is that, um, um, why uh, a recipe book per se? Because someone like me, and I'll be honest here, that I, I find recipe books a bit limiting because you know when I want to lie down and read a book, uh, I would like to read about uh, you know eating in a particular place or the history of the food or or or, or, or the sociology of the food without being too boring, you know. <laughs> but uh, so so why a recipe book? Oh, I, I I I you know I don't think I'm the right person to write the book. I'm not enough of a food historian. I'm not enough of a food sociologist. We have written about food um, in uh, our first book, Poor Economic, Esther and I wrote um, about food and the role it plays in the lives of poor people. And uh, I know food very much from that side, from this, if you if you don't count the, the actual cooking part, then the only other way I know food is very much from the side of uh, being an economist who studies poverty. And there, I, I know a lot of details on that and what happens if you do this or that. That's uh, how do you improve nutrition? This kind of thing I've, I've been studying for many, many years. But uh, that wasn't what that we, we have written about that actually in, in our book. So it's not that I, I'm not interested in it. I think it's very interesting, but it's so this was a recipe book because I, it started from recipes. I started writing recipes for my brother-in-law who wanted yeah, the recipe. And so, and then it, uh, then I had them and I thought, well, you know, uh, I showed it to some people and they said, you know, it's, they're fun and nice. So I, I mean, there was a, 
I wasn't confident that I would be able to turn it into a book till recently, but then I talked at some point I I talked to Chiki and she was encouraging. And then I talked to Shayan and she was encouraging and offered to participate in this uh, really important way. And so that that's how it evolved. It's not, it's, you know, I wouldn't have tried to write a book about eating. I think I just am not enough. I'm not sophisticated enough in the food history and culture to really do that. But I think it got, it got yeah. denser from sure. uh, what it was uh, originally in. And that's also what's uh, in, in the book of science is that, uh, that uh, range of topic between the very particular social situation and quite fun situations that, are, that really provide a, a, a chunk of uh, narrative to the, the introduction of the chapter, of each chapter, which bring in uh, a more economic uh, global perspective. And we also wanted to bring those, uh, quite, those two extremes. Uh. No, there, in fact, uh, that's a very good point, uh, which, which you may share. And I was thinking of that. So what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm just going to just, uh, you know, open this, this at random to um, show a couple of examples and, and then uh, I have a couple of questions on the introductions, um, which, which leads to that. So, um, okay. So now our first um, introduction to the recipes, which Sharon was talking about, which like she said, is a bit of a fun element to it. And, and then the introduction to the chapters, where's the, where the Abhijit Banerjee, the Nobel Prize winner, uh, comes in because also these are two different styles of writing. I mean, it's 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 in cricket. You know, if you're a Test match batsman, you'll appeal to a different uh, generation versus the T20. Not generation, but maybe audience. Okay, wilted spinach salad. Here is another salad that can be your entire meal. It is also one which is best assembled in secrecy. Why secrecy? If you're serving it to guests, have it ready to dress before your guests arrive, and when it is time to serve. Have your partner or co-conspirator distract the guests while you finish the dressing. Unless they're the kind of people, all too rare these days, who don't mind the amount of oil and fat that goes into it. Mm -hmm. I can still recall the look of poorly disguised horror in the eyes of our guest, a thin and beautiful Italian woman, woman we wonder whom, when I proceeded to pour nearly half a cup of hot oil into the salad <laughs> bowl. So, you know, guys, I, I must tell you that uh, you, you saw me doing this, right? Because I read the book, but I just picked up a page at random. And most of it, this is this is reflective of the... So it's like, you know, when, when you used to buy rice in the olden days and you dip your fingers in and, uh, and, and pick it up and you got an idea. Now, uh, contrast this with... Um, uh, there are two sections which I want to talk about. Uh, we are we are sort of running short of time. I mean, it's the internet. We can talk as long, but there are at least two Bengalis in this conversation and one French uh, national, and and we all love our food, so it's, it's also coming close to lunchtime. And talking okay. about food. <laughs> <laughs> no, so there are two parts. One is um, the the meat uh, and vegetarian part, actually. And actually, Shayan was speaking about her being a vegetarian, and and there's something which you said which really sort of resonates with what I also feel on the subject, but I think that, um, you know, so uh, I'm, I'm just reading a bit from what he's written. Uh, so this is uh, the section on vegetables. So um, yeah. uh, so here he's written that in the US, I often get asked, you're vegetarian, aren't you? And I usually respond, not in the least, 
perhaps with more vehemence than that rather innocent question warrants. The fact is that most Indians, somewhere between two thirds and three quarters, and this may be an underestimate, more on that later, will eat meat or fish on occasion. Um, so um, so I, I could completely visualize this with, because occasionally when we've traveled abroad and if we are ever on a day when we are on a tour together with someone like in Cappadocia or whatever, they say, oh, Indian, wait, and, and my wife is Parsi, I'm Bengali. So he says, you dare say that and we are not paying. So, <laughs> but, 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 but there's a very important point which you brought up, Avidha, which is the definition of vegetarian and non-vegetarian. Because um, there's something which, which connects India, Thailand, the Kaiseki meals of Japan, even Middle East and something to that. That if you look at, say, a Bengali meal, if I take that as an example, and you refer to that, maybe 20% of a meal is, is the non-vegetarian part, the meat or fish, and the rest 80%. So would you like to talk a bit about this definition of vegetarian, the way the East sees it and the way the West uh, sees it? Because there are a lot of political ramifications now, mm -hmm. which I think is rather silly to judge people on the basis of what they eat. Yeah, so you're... I completely agree with you. And in some ways, I think, Maybe if you had to ask me what the one grand purpose of writing a book, you asked that a bit before and I, I, I didn't really properly answer it, is, is that I think there's a, while, as you say, it's mostly recipes and there's an attempt to, through the introductions, through the, is to create a certain, I know, lightness of touch. So, so let's not be pompous about it, but with a, but also let's not lose track of the, the important issues around. Yes. So I, I, I think we want to walk that, we're trying to, between uh, the two of us, we're trying to walk that line. It's a rather delicate line because on one side you could be highfalutin and pompous. On the other side, you could be, uh, you could be responsible. Uh, you could, uh, you know, let's just, uh, whatever, eat, eat steak. And he, I, I think, uh, I think both of us, I think we have a very, uh, I think we we both feel and you know very so very uncomfortable with you, even though Shane is a vegetarian she's a, she actually veget grew up vegetarian she's not ideological she will eat in she was we were in a village in West Bengal recently like a couple of days ago and or three days four days ago and she they served her in the village they sent her fish and they had and she ate all of it without uh, even any uh, demurring at all. So I think it's quite, uh, and that's actually um, something that makes us function well together because I think we, we in a sense, we see the world as being, so in the same way. And I think the book is meant to partly create those start of those conversations, not yes. in a very high polluting theory way, but in a, in a fun context. So the recipes in a sense are useful partly because they provide that fun context. It's, they're really not so, they're real and they're not theoretical. They're very, you could just ignore all the other stuff and do them, or you could read it a little bit and get some sense of, you know, how these things are connected. And I think that, and so I think the key point on this vegetarianism question is that I think by making this a confrontational issue, we are losing track of, I think, one of the great ideas of India and Southeast Asia and actually of the East, which is that you the meal doesn't have to be defined by, and even in Italy, you have minestrone. Minestrone has tiny bit of meat, a quarter pound of, of, of you know, that's 100 grams of 
of um, you know po 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 you know fat back or or um, pancetta or something, but that's 100 grams and nothing else. And then the whole thing is just time and vegetables. And, and I think that idea that basically a little bit of uh, meat or fish or you know, dried shrimp or fish sauce will just makes the vegetables pop. And I think that idea that you, you, know, you are really using them for, um, for just as a flavoring agent. I mean, we have the, in the, some, Few Bengali recipes there. There's a laudia mangsho and a and a mangsho jol, and they're both very much sort of. There's a meat, but there's a lot of the vegetable is like uh, absolutely central. That's how we used to eat. We used to eat. You know, we get two little pieces of meat exactly. uh, and, and a whole bunch and a, a delicious potato that's absorbed all the flavor <laughs> of the meat. And, and the, the potato was much. We don't even much. think of potatoes as the, as as a vegetable. Yeah, yeah, I think speaking speaking for the West, at least I grew up in the in the Basque country, which is okay. between France and Spain, where people really can eat cold cuts three times a day. And when I say that I'm vegetarian, they ask, then what do you eat? Actually, <laughs> so I think in that context or in the US context where people eat way too much, then you have to as a vegetarian, but as a, as a quite cool vegetarian, you then you have to become ideological. Otherwise, you people react to. So then you yourself have to be uh, quite extreme about it, and and that I don't think brings will bring more people into eating less meat and be a bit more relaxed. Uh, in a, going back to the wagyu, I mean it's just. Small yeah. amounts of meat are delicious. We exactly. don't need more, and uh, but they're incredibly satisfying. We don't have to fight the battle. We if we cut everybody cut their meat consumption by eighty percent, but eat high quality meat and use them in the right way. Use them in combination with vegetables and uh, you know a tagliata, which is uh, one of the meaty dishes we have. You know I can make tagliata for ten people with two steaks and lots of wonderful tomatoes and some very nice spicy arugula and uh, olive oil and you know lemon peel you end up with something wonderful but you you have a total of maybe um, five six hundred grams of meat and you can feed feed ten people on it and I have fed ten people on it so it's it is but that idea is I think critical to emphasize that th this is not about meat versus no meat even the environmental questions are really about quantity about quality about not uh, insisting that you yeah, about thinking about it, being thoughtful about it, not necessarily. Also, in one of the things growing up was, which is nothing to do with meat, important is we ate whatever grew in the season. Exactly. And I see that in France even now, but not in the US. US, you get everything the same uh, uh, at all seasons, pretty much. The quality is often dismal. And uh, because it comes from very far away, it's, it's dead already. And it's much nicer to have food that's, you know, you cook what's available now, you go to the market, you see what's available, you cook it. Uh, and that also is makes it much more sustainable. Uh, you know, it's much more sustainable if you're cooking what's currently being produced and will, if you don't eat it, will be wasted than getting it from somewhere else. Yeah, like, 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 like a full copy well. when, when you know, the food. The, the shingara, the samosa in Calcutta, which the, with cauliflowers, which you get only in winter. 
but yeah. tomato was only a winter thing. Sorry, I cut you short. You were saying. No, I, th I think what it takes to balance that and what what you bring uh, in the in the dal uh, section is that then you also have to make vegetables or other forms of vegetable protein a, a, a bit more attractive and uh, uh, to also bring people into thinking that it's not just some distant, tasteless accompaniment of some uh, uh, climatic, uh, climax points. And then you realize that you can actually have a, a very simple dad that is extremely flavorful. And, uh, and um, I, I think that's also a, a way to... Gonna... That's true. I mean, so many of us have grown up with like dal or vegetables, such as the, you know, the, the, the lauki, a bitter gourd or bottle gourd and all of that being like punishment meals. The Sunday meal with those two pieces of mutton or, or you know, the one piece of chicken is what you're going to look after. But I, I really like the point which you made because uh, as, as academics and, and uh, like, like you have a perspective which is, which is um, you know, very, very different uh, from say what most people would have. But in the way of writing and, and as well as the sort of illustrations that you've done, you, you've made the book, um, very, very uh, warm and approachable, uh, which uh, therefore sort of connects with more people. And then um, in a very soft way, you've made your point, you know, and, and the chances are that, you know, over here one will sit and read and then think of it. But I mean, you know, not everyone will read for economics or, or Das Capital or, or whatever, but, but um, uh, so I just wanted to um, refer to one more um, uh, chapter or section which was also a very important uh, point. So we've done the veg, uh, non-veg bit, but um, which was on rice. Uh, and, and you make a very important point here. So I'd like you to sort of, um, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the point you've made is that um, a lot of the recipes which you've used in the, in the, in the book typically uh, tend to be sort of um, um, recipes for show, for display to prove that rice is not uh, boring. And therefore uh, many of them sort of um, use basmati as a uh, anchor, right? So there's a right yeah. chapter. But but uh, you made a very interesting point that basmati is grown largely in Punjab where they were seen a, an economic opportunity and Punjab is not a, a place which has as much of a supply of water as places like Assam and Bengal uh, would have, which are more naturalized growing. And uh, and therefore, you've made references to Govindabho, which is still famous about Bengalis. Ambe Mohor, I think only people in Bombay uh, would know. Jasmine rice, probably more people in India would know about any of them. You've also spoken about Kali Jira uh, rice, uh, which is used in uh, in in Bangladesh uh, now. And, and you've also spoken about millets. So I would love to uh, hear from the two of you and, and you also that, um, that why should we uh, go back to our roots in a sense and why should we explore uh, you know different varieties of rices more you know uh, millets more uh, how is that also in a way like doing your own little bit for the SDG sustainability uh, goals it's a wonderful question so I'll say something um, and Shane you should feel free to I mean it's uh, so I think that partly it just uh, you know, some of these things were, um, they're suited to the, the particular uh, geoclimactic uh, area. And so if, if we, and 
they're also wonderful. So there's no, you lose nothing by using some of these other rices, um, uh, you know. So that's point number one. Point number one is, is we've forgotten that. And that's a bad thing to forget because those things are actually you know, exciting and different. The second thing is that they actually much some, for some dishes, other, uh, other rices, whatever, konokchur or something is better for making gibat or panabat. You, you, you want soft rices for dishes where you want the softness. Well, yes. you know, kichuri, I don't like basmati in kichuri. I think yes. it, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't pop. Uh, yeah, I mean, for the buni at the most, but even then. Yeah, yeah, and for a buni, yes, but at, not at the most. But, but Govindam yeah. makes it. It's better. not the ideal rice. And so it's not It's not even that you're getting is the best effect. The effect yes. you know, you're missing, missing that. And then as we get more conscious of, and why then within within rice? I mean, some of biggest loss in Maharashtra is when I was growing up, we would get this, uh, you know, either bajri or jawar bakri. Bakri and my mahabari, you know. And we would, we would um, and they were wonderful. They're really wonderful. They have uh, so much taste and, and they, you know, they set up food. I wish, you know, when I'm serving food, uh, a lot of food. I would lo love to have that, especially very uh, sharp food. You, you know, the the naan is just too weak a uh, vehicle for it. And, it and too much volume. A naan yeah, is too, too much volume. volume. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, bhagri is thin, hard, yeah. and it, it the hardness also gives a certain texture to the uh, yes. you know to using with the sauce. It's just spongy. I don't necessarily want spongy with it. So it, huh. it really, I would love to us to move back to using them, not because, both because it's good for us and it's good for the environment, it uses very little water, but also because it just is the right, you know, for certain dishes, it's the right thing to do, eat. It tastes much better. And, and also, uh, maybe from a, a visual point of view, it's also very, it's much more exciting. It's a, yes, a yes. whole range of shapes and colors that make, uh, that makes it less uniform. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just uh, it's a, I think that's a huge point to, that we uh, want to make in the coup is that, of course, it's, it's good for your health, good for the environment, but mostly it's just a lot of pleasure that you can take out from that. And, and I think both in the writing and in the illustrations, that's, that's yeah. how I think people can get into cooking, just by realizing that in the end, there's much pleasure to to get out from it yeah the tone of the book is meant to be joyous yes and, yes. Uh, her and we, and we need joy. a lot of that i, I think <laughs> i think that's something okay yeah I, I don't know are we supposed to decipher like shane caught crumble i, I mean just open this are we supposed to decipher or should we not take it too literally uh i, I just don't know how, how your mind was working I, I I worked on the illustrations as I worked with uh, with vegetables or, or with ingredients. I took uh, round squares, triangles, geometrical forms that I chopped. I changed the colors. I changed the compositions as I would have arranged the salad or as I would have cut uh, cut pieces of vegetables. And then they, uh, that's how I thought about the illustrations. Beautiful, because it, it also gives a bit of uh, creative challenge to the reader and and I, I like what both of you said that you know when you're giving a message not as a you know like in school what we used to call moral studies 
you know you know, mm-hmm. say that is actually fun to eat this way and that's true you know i i am 47 until 3 4 years back i was all about steak and pork chops and this that and kosha mangsho and then you know came in the cholesterol reports and then came in the this thing so does you know uh, but but i said that you know i'm going to i'm going to move a bit i'll become what they call a flexitarian but i'm not going to have a single bad meal so i i i keep experimenting and stuff and i call them little jack horner meals you know nursery what a good boy am i okay two quick questions i don't want to hold one is um, everyone's wondering why cooking to save your life is it too you know way <laughs> Why it's certainly it? not about eating particularly healthy. It's not. A, it's actually a book which I think is mostly healthy because yeah. again, because is the, the insistence is that you can be excited about things which are not, you know, meat or heavy. So, uh, so I think it is mostly healthy. But I don't think that's a organizing principle. So it's unhealthy, as I said, as you read out the olive oil. Yeah, <laughs> no, that is completely unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not it's not meant to be a uh, certainly not. It's more on it's a play on the you know the some the English expression. Uh, you know, I I I can't cook to save my life. And so uh, my point. our point is that uh, you can uh, and uh, it is just a matter of being i think uh, i think i uh, disciplined at the beginning so that you sort of don't uh, experiment too early and then once you understood what you're doing you you will be able to experiment as well no that's true huh? that's how it worked for me in the beginning it was all about recipe recipe books and then after that okay a slightly silly question uh, i don't think cautious given the fact that one year bengali uh, academic mother was a feminist even though not bengali have you seen the movie shole yeah okay ah uh, okay because you know a lot of bengalis have this nakuchu thing that uh, you know only they no, 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 i i <laughs> i have seen it i even promised shayan that i would show it to her but i actually never did because uh, there's so many movies in the world that we ended up Uh, and uh, we often try to watch movies that the kids would like so we never <laughs> but i've told her about shole okay ro- role reversal so so basanti has to dance in front of gabbar singh and and your viru and you're okay with that so not dance but cook but now she's saying what should i cook uh, yeah. yeah so from this book which is the recipe you would suggest that she cooks to save both her lives for gabbar um <laughs> I, i i think the uh you know the the, the kabuli pulao which yeah, will be so yeah, rich yeah, that yeah, you like, yeah, once you eat it <laughs> you will you will go to see a gabba singh will go to sleep and then sneak away <laughs> you know something something very satisfying and rich and uh, you'll fall asleep uh, with it and then then uh, you 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 get quickly get out and run away <laughs> that's that's talking like a good uh, bengali or or even a spanish yeah. person so before no, i sign up violent strategy before i got violent this is like they say bengali buddhi you know a punjabi like dharmendra would have gone and you know put up a few killas but bengali will just make kabuli pulao so as i sign off um i'm just going to read a introduction to kabuli pulao and then i'm going to ask a question on behalf of fellow presidency college street folks like me okay so this is what uh, this is kabuli pulao and this is uh, shayan's uh, um, you know uh, um, representation of that i'm just reading the interview uh, sorry the introduction an old fashioned indian housewife will say there always has to be a pulao 
at the centerpiece of a fancy dinner. This is a reliably wonderful dish. It's sweet and comforting with just a hint of spiciness to balance out the sweet. So your guests will find it to be much more, very much to their liking. And it requires nothing really exotic, except maybe a mortar and pestle. For the mortar and pestle, get a heavy granite one with a mouth, at least five inches wide, and enough heft to do real damage if you drop it on the foot of some particularly annoying patronizing guests. So watch out, Mr. Gabbard Singh. <laughs> 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 we Bengalis have our ways of winning. Okay, last question, which is supposed to be my introduction question for us to warm up because I thought you were going to be this intimidating person and stuff. You're I'm the first Nobel Prize winner I'm sorry. I, I must have been wrong. <laughs> no, no, not, not because of you, actually. You won the Nobel. It's, 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 it's yeah, like your... Uh, tell me some of your, like, um, uh, college memories of food, like whether it's... Like, did you go to Dil Kusha? Was it promoted or running the canteen? Uh, was it the YMC thing? Any, so, any... so the thing that I, I would say I really liked and... Uh, I tried to persuade other people to go with me, but they didn't. Was if you went up from out, out from Presidency College, you took a left, you crossed uh, uh, Harrison Road. Okay. On the right, there were these stalls where working class people would eat uh, rice with fish and vegetables. Okay. Huh. And. It was actually delicious. The woman there really was an excellent cook, but I couldn't get anybody to go and say, you know, I don't want to sit there and, uh, you know, what my, my professor sees me, we'll see you, you're eating food, come on. And so I was almost the only person uh, in my cohort who would go there and regularly eat, uh, eat lunch, you know, uh, whatever the the, the, the uh, vegetable of the season, some very thin dal, and a small <laughs> piece of fish. And, but there was, she was a very good cook, and uh, you know, and there was lines there to get in. So it was like, and she liked me, so I, it was. Uh, I, I would always get <laughs> the best piece of the petty piece. Yeah, 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 yeah petty much, exactly. <laughs> there would be one added. There would be one added complication if you were to go there now, and if you were in, if you were back in college. Uh, you know, uh, back to future, that while you're balancing the plate and all that, you also have to click for Instagram. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. have you... Fortunately, I, 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 that's your, your responsibility. <laughs> I've absolved myself of it. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Shane Olivia, the illustrator of this wonderful book, and uh, Obhijit Banerjee, Nobel Prize winner. Uh, who knows, maybe the next Nobel might be for literature one day. Uh, hopefully, the start of many, many more uh, cookbooks and if there's a Cholet 3 I be believe there's a remake he's given his formula of how to get over a couple of things so thank you thank you so much it was such a pleasure to talk to you both. it was thank amazing you thank you thank you thank it was, you. It was wonderful it was so much fun thank you bye 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 bye